Hey everybody, Dan here. I've got some really exciting news. My dry bar comedy special is now available. It's called Not Shopping Here Today. I have waited so long to be able to say that, and I would love for you guys out there to watch it. First, go to drybarcomedy.com, then sign up by using promo code Dan Brown. That's one word, Dan Brown, and get a month for free. That's right, your first month is totally free. Once you do that, you can download the Dry Bar Comedy Plus app to your phone, tablet, Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, or anywhere else. Once you get the app up and running, that's where the fun starts. You can go in the app, search Dan Brown or Not Shopping Here Today, and give it a watch. Once again, my Dry Bar Comedy special is called Dan Brown Not Shopping Here Today. You can sign up at drybarcomedy.com. Use promo code Dan Brown for one free month. Thanks, guys. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm Gomez. How are you doing today, Gomez? Gomez? Oh, right. That's me. Uh, I'm doing great. How are you, Dan? I am doing wonderful. We're back here. We're we're talking about Boy Meets World. We're talking about Season 3, Episode 5, Hometown Hero. This episode came out on October 27th, 1995. Again, this got 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb with 145 votes. Mark, that is too goddamn low because this is a great episode. Yeah, this is this one is phenomenal. Uh... This is, I believe, this is probably like one of the standouts of season three. It's not only one of the standouts; it has one of the most important messages of season three, and people are not giving this enough love. Yeah, janitor Bud has the yeah. technology to create clicker lockers. <laughs> yes, that is the big message of the week. And we also get Jim Jansen in here playing Doctor Sorrell. We're going to see him a couple times during the the series. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, Corey and Sean are in their their chemistry class. The teacher's telling everyone to get their papers in with no exceptions. As everyone's exiting the class, he's talking to the football player. And he goes, oh, no, when I said no exceptions, I didn't mean you. Which just kind of reminded me of when I was a senior in high school and we found out the, the principal was changing grades of the football players and she had to resign for that shit. Like, yeah, they did really- that. They did that at our school too. They they always gave uh, leniency on the high school uh, 
on the football players. Did you have a very good high school football team? <laughs> no, we were awful. Uh, I think all four years we lost every single game. So the the John Marshall lawyers yeah. between 2003 and 2007, you guys were awful. So all those jocks that made fun of me, you can go fuck yourself. At least I never lost a game. Well, that's the thing. Like when I was a junior, I, I started marching band in – 11th grade so i took ninth and 10th grade off from band which they usually don't let you come back but because i was in percussion and i was going to be in drum line they were like yeah mm-hmm. eh, who gives a shit about them um but i i remember my my junior year our football team did not get a single win and there was this big controversy they ended up letting the football coach go from his football related duties he was still a math teacher but everyone just hated him as the football coach. Like all the players hated him, except for like a couple of them. And then they they ended up getting a new high school football coach. He won the first three games. Everyone was like, "We're finally turning this around." And then he only won one more game for the rest of the year. But then they found out that uh, the principal was changing grades, so they had to forfeit those games too. <laughs> so all those kids who like after a year of not winning, like they finally had some wins. <laughs> they they had to forfeit those. It was still a losing record. Like that was yeah. the thing. We had a shitty team. Yeah. So I like how you mentioned that your uh, high school coach was still like a math teacher. Yeah. So during my research on this episode, I found out that Tommy the Jock is now currently a math teacher. Is he really? Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. That is pretty interesting. I didn't even look up who Tommy the Jock was, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I found out. I don't remember what site I I grabbed it from, but yeah, he's he's a teacher, and I verified it, and yeah, he's a teacher. I don't I don't remember where he's from, uh, but yeah, he's a math teacher. Well, Tommy the Jack was not interested in doing his science work, <laughs> and then when the teacher said that's totally fine, he goes, "Just give it at the end of the season," and then he's like, "I play basketball too," and he goes, "Well, just forget about it." <laughs> <laughs> so. Sean goes to talk to Dr. Sorrell and Dr. Sorrell is just not interested in anything Sean has to say. And Corey says, all right, let me let me try this because we're pretty close. And (laughs) the next thing you see, the next scene, it's nighttime. Corey and Sean are breaking in to turn in their papers. (laughs) And Corey's talking about how Dr. Sorrell didn't even know his name. (laughs) Great joke there. So they can't see. It's all dark in the classroom. The batteries in the flashlight die. So they start looking for matches. Corey burns his fingers and then throws the matches in the trash can, which is a very pivotal part of the episode here because the boys go running out. Yeah, Um, I like how he took a couple of steps and then just lobbed it into the trash can rather than throw it on the floor and then immediately stop it out. That's what I would have done. The first thing I would have done is drop it on the floor and then step on it. Yeah, and then like the big fire catches up and they're like, backdraft! And then they'd like take off. And I caught this too, being a, a movie nerd. Backdraft is a movie about firefighting brothers from like the like early nineties. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so I think I, I believe that was like a reference to that. It probably other is. than that, it's kind of like a weird throwaway thing. Yeah, I imagine. Was it the uh, was it a pretty popular movie at the time? I mean, not really. It did okay, but I mean, okay. How many f- movies about firefighters are there? 
there's that one Christian movie with uh, the guy from Growing Pains. Uh, fuck, what's his name? <laughs> um, Kirk, Kirk Cameron. Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Jesus Christ. I watched Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas on Hulu a couple of years ago, and that was a giant <laughs> piece of shit. Um, yeah, because fucking Kirk Cameron's in it. He's not even saving Christmas. He's just telling Bible stories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so disappointing. I turned it off there for 45 minutes. I'm like, this is just not going to get good. That's um, about 45 <laughs> minutes longer than I could probably make it through a Kirk Cameron <laughs> movie. But Corey and Sean go running out. Um, Sean tells him, like, yeah, don't worry. You know, you threw the fire in the trash can. Those are just, The fire will go out tomorrow when they take the trash out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Corey tells him, he's like, no, it's we left the chemistry lab. Chemicals explode. And Sean goes, oh, no. And Corey's like, I know. He's like, no, I wrote chemicals don't explode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Sean in this. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then Corey just, like, scurries back up to the window gets in and he goes while you're up there can you change my page yeah, my... my... yeah. <laughs> well Corey runs back in like you said and he pulls the alarm the next thing we see they're in school uh cory is nervous about what happened the night before in the uh, in the chemistry lab sean says it's okay no one knows and Corey is just like you know ah, oh, we just got to nip this in the bud uh <laughs> what <laughs> well Corey didn't say that but then guess who shows up Guess who shows Janitor up? Fucking Bud. Janitor fucking Bud. I think I we need to make a t-shirt for that. JFB, <laughs> baby. JFB. <laughs> I was thinking like the old ECW thing, but I like the J I like the JFB better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we gotta like every time he comes up, we gotta start chanting JFB, JFB, JFB. <laughs> But Janitor Butt sees Corey. He takes him into uh, uh, into Mr. Turner's classroom. Corey thinks that he's busted. He thinks that the whole world is just going to come crashing down on him. Inexplicably, Eli and Mr. Feeney are also in Mr. Turner's classroom. Yeah. And what's also a full class at the time. Like, people are, like, sitting down taking class. So, apparently, like, this that class started earlier in the day or something. Yeah, but, and then while well, everybody else was fucking off in the hallway. Yeah. But then Janitor Bud tells him, like, this is the person who saved my life. I was sleeping in my office. Well, it's a broom closet. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And everyone thinks he's a Corey. However, Mr. Feeney is kind of suspicious of this whole thing. And I love Feeney during this episode. Yeah. Especially at the end, but we'll get to there. Yeah, he's definitely the smartest person pretty much ever because he smells the bullshit miles away. And like when it comes to the end, he like, no, I was just fucking making it up. But I knew you would kind of come through. But yeah, he like he knows like it isn't black and white where Corey saved the school from a fire. Well, kind of like where he just asked Corey what happened. And, and Corey just told him, like, I was just walking by the school and I saw something going on. Mr. Feeney's like, well, thank God you're there. But, you know, why were you walking past the school so late at night? It, it, so Feeney, like you said, Feeney was on to something right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever have a moment where you took hero credit for something you didn't do? Did I take hero credit? Um, nothing I can really think of. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if something if I did something or I got credit for something, I, I did kind of go back like very like i would go to somebody very soon and be like hey you know i i didn't want to embarrass everybody for whatever reason but i was not the person who did that but nothing comes to my mind 
Yeah. Uh, the only thing that, because I was trying to think of like, is there something that like I took credit for? I'm sure there has been, but I, I can't recall anything right away. But I do know uh, when we were in Superheroes, the kids in Ohio, I was always asked to um, write like the big event where we right, kind of yeah. like have the kids save the city. Yeah. And like I always just, you know, kind of did stuff that like popped me and then what I would have liked to see if I was a kid in those shoes. And then I would always just kind of do that. And then it was just, I, I seriously wrote all of that while taking a shit. And uh, <laughs> I like turned it in to everybody. I was like, yeah, this is, this is what we're doing. And then they loved it. And then they like, like everybody just praised me so hard. I was just like, guys, this isn't really that big. I wrote this while I was taking a shit. <laughs> like I took time not looking on Facebook to Did do you this. How the pen kind of went down the page when I was writing. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a big strain. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and I, I always just felt, kind of felt like everybody praised me for that, where it was just kind of like something small, and I put like little effort into it, and I, I just kind of like take back. Like I, I don't know if I take it back, but I'm just kind of like. You know, it wasn't like that big a thing for me. Sure. Yeah. I can understand that. Cause, but you also knew what you were doing while mm. you were doing that. You, you knew what you were doing so well that you could take a shit and write a good story for kids. Well, thank uh, you. I, uh, <laughs> well, that's how I wrote Suburban Legends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it showed. Uh- <laughs> Attention, Mark and Dan Meets World listeners. The suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio are about to meet their match when three best friends have come across hardships on trying to make their dream movie. Follow Craig, Jamie, and motherfucker Dave as they beg, borrow, and steal their way to achieve legendary status, only a Mark McKay's indie comedy hit, Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. Starring Sean Manos, Mary Lee Osborne, Matthew Phillips, Josh Miller, Haley Madison, and a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. I have one question for you. Are you ready to be a suburban legend? Available now on storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's storeenvy, S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y.com slash M-A-R-K-M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S Gimmick Table. Well, if that made you uncomfortable, just... <laughs> Just wonder how Corey felt, because Corey was definitely feeling uncomfortable. Meanwhile, Sean thought it was pretty cool, because there was a red carpet going up to Corey's locker. Dr. Swell co- comes over with the with the papers for Corey and Sean. Corey has an A, even though all you could see was his name, and Dr. Sorrell says, well, I knew what you were going for. Uh, <laughs> and, and then he gives Sean a D, he tells him chemicals do explode. So yeah. Corey, being the shitty Fred, is taking credit for saving the school and not changing Sean's paper like he asked. And speaking of lockers, I gotta take the time to, to talk to our listeners about our sponsor of the week. Janitor Bud's Locker Buddies. Are you always forgetting where your locker is? Are you forgetting the combo to your lock? Well, no more thanks to Janitor Bud's Locker Buddies. Each locker comes with two clickers, one for you and the wife. A plush red carpet vacuumed every hour that leads right to your locker. Now includes a light to light up your things. Step out of the fire and step into Janitor Bud's Locker Buddies. Use promo code AMMONIA and get 10% off your order. 
I can't believe I got 10% off of that. Yeah, that's a deal. You'd be stupid not to get it. But you know what? The thing that Janitor Bud did for, for Corey by giving him the, that little engine that opens up the locker for him and giving them the, the remote control, that's mm-hmm. when you start to see Corey starting to enjoy this. Yeah. Um, but he's, it, it, he's enjoying the perks of being a hero. And then uh, Sean just kind of like talks him into it. He goes, yeah, fucking you did technically save the school. Why not live it up? Take the perks. Enjoy it. Well, Corey definitely enjoys it in the next scene because in the next scene, Topanga gets shunned uh, to go see the football rally in the cafeteria. Uh, in there, the football players dedicate the game to Corey. Uh, they bring up the brother of Corey Matthews, Eric. What was his name, Mark? Uh, I think it was Matthews, according to IMDb. Oh, just like his brother. Oh, oh, I, now I get it. <laughs> that makes sense now. Just another sitcom showing how stupid athletes can be. Uh, <laughs> Eric's up there. He says some words, but he's mostly looking for the girls. Uh, and then Corey, as he goes to speak, pretends he has smoke in his lungs, which is just uh, so yeah. great. <laughs> Wonderful. Playing uh, it up even more. And Corey now believes he's a hero. And this is where we start to see Sean kind of get tired of the shtick. Uh, yeah. Corey then tells Sean, you know, at, at uh, in the next scene, he tells Sean that this is the the best day of his life. And Sean is now kind of worried that his feet aren't on the ground, and to which Corey tells him, like, hey, it sounds like you're trying to rain on my parade, uh, which is actually happening next Thursday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he said I'm not, he's not going to walk in the door and lie to his parents, and his parents are really happy for him. Which, how, how did Amy and Alan not smell the bullshit? Yeah, I know. They smelled the bullshit in like season one when they found out that he really wasn't. Yeah, where he was trying to pretend he was a genius and he wasn't. And they knew right away. But yet this one that seems a lot bigger. They just didn't catch it. And they didn't have any questions like, hey, were you kids going so late Mm -hmm. at night? Yeah. And you think they would know right away, especially since Morgan disappeared a couple episodes ago. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I didn't think about that, but but Corey starts making up the story of what happened. Um, the next scene, Corey sees Sean at school. Uh, Corey doesn't want to go back to the old Corey, uh, but then Eli shows up. He says he called his old buddies, and they're going to have a story uh, about Corey saving the school on Philadelphia tonight. And Corey just starts hitting his head with the automatic locker, <laughs> which is just fucking wonderful. Yeah, I love. Dude, I fucking love this locker bit because you get it and you're like, oh, hey, this is fun. And he's like hitting the clicker and it's opening, shutting, opening, shutting. And then when he's just like his life just turns to shit at this moment, he just uses it <laughs> to bang it against his head. But once again, Feeney comes through here and Feeney here. She's like, oh, Mr. Matthews, you're going to be featured on the news tonight. Uh He's like, I'm also waiting to hear the whole story. Um, just adding yeah. more suspense. And Corey's like, what does he mean by that? And Sean's like, I don't know. I haven't understood a word this guy said since the fourth grade. Uh, <laughs> so then Corey then calls in to Dr. Sharon. Uh, the, Dr. Sharon, the voice is Yolanda Gaskins, who's actually the newscaster. She was the newscaster on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Hmm. If you've ever noticed that voice before. Uh, but that's where she goes, you know, call her. What's your name? And Corey goes, my name is Gomez. And she says, well, Gomez, how are you doing? And he doesn't answer. And he's like, Gomez. Oh, yes, that's me. Um, 
And Corey's asking for courage. She tells him to look deep with inside of himself. And he goes, I can't believe I've, I waited 20 minutes on hold for this. Um, she's like, well, if you want to learn about courage, 730 tonight on Philadelphia tonight, there's going to be a brave story about Corey Matthews who saved the school from being set on fire. Uh, <laughs> He's like, what do you know, lady? But up in his room, Corey looks out the window. He sees the news truck. Sean also at, at that point, Sean is going, hey, I'm partially to blame. I was the one who encouraged this the whole time. And then mm -hmm. Eric comes into the bedroom. He's wearing a suit. He thinks he's going to be the new weatherman. <laughs> and Corey kind of confesses to Eric what the truth is. And Eric just thinks that this is Corey trying to sabotage him from not taking the weatherman's job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Eric is like so hard. He wants like Rich Herrera out just so he can be the weatherman. And this is the second reference of Eric wanting to be a weatherman. Uh, another thing I love about this scene is like Sean kind of has a bit of an arc where he's just like, hey, man, play it up in the beginning. And then at this point, he's just like, I, I, I'm the one to blame because I told you to do this. And from the pep rally up until now, we saw how upset Sean is from Corey's actions. And I think the reason is uh, why Sean is upset is because Sean usually has the crazy ideas and he gets himself into trouble and he has Corey to rein him in. Yeah. So now after, seeing Corey take Sean's bad advice. He now sees the error of his ways as he's seeing Corey kind of like take the Sean role per se. And court, uh, Sean has to now take the Corey role and rein Corey back in. Yeah. And they're, they're running out of time to rein Corey back in. Cause now the news crews is in the house. Mm -hmm. And setting Corey, up those little donuts. They're, they're setting up the, the cameras, the lights, the donuts, the spread. And Corey is scared. He tells Sean that he's going to go straight to hell. And the problem with it, that is it was when he goes to hell, they're going to expect him to put the fire out. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love that joke. <laughs> Connie is played by Deborah Harmon. Uh, <laughs> you guys have no idea how much time we just cut out. Uh, <laughs> we just talked to, we just did the whole script in yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes, 45 minutes, everybody. And by the way, Tommy was played by Michael Hanoff. I've known Mr. that Hanoff. all along. <laughs> but Sean is caught stealing food from like the nice spread there. And uh, the guy confronts Sean. He goes, hey, you know, this is only for the people involved in the story. He goes, hey, I helped start the fire, yeah. uh, which nobody <laughs> says anything. <laughs> the guy doesn't give a shit. He just goes like, whatever. And then Corey is talking to the Mike guy who's definitely not Don Gibb. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Let's say I do find Don Gibb. One of these so-called jobs. And the, one of my favorite parts about this is that Eric is taking over the interview and he's trying to do weatherman jargon for Connie. Yeah. And, and she's just having none of that. And and Alan Matthews kicks Eric off to his room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like how Alan was like so nervous to talk on camera, but yet he was so confident in sending Eric to his room. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But then right before uh, uh, right before they cut away, you know, for commercial, mom and dad start talking about what a sweet, kind, uh, wonderful human being that Corey Matthews is. And dad just points out, he's like, Corey did not do this to become a hero. He did this because it's the right thing. And that's what makes him special. And then Connie goes, well, we're going to go 
Um, right before we go to commercial, we're going to have a quick word with Rich from Weather, and you hear Eric yelling in the <laughs> up in the in the room. But then, Eric, uh, but then Corey leaves the room. He leaves the house. Actually, he goes outside, and Mr. Feeney is yelling at the uh, uh, the news guy to get his camera equipment off of his flowers. Yeah, his uh, fucking azaleas. Goddamn cameraman. I know. <laughs> And then when Corey walks out, he starts to tell Mr. Feeney he's not a hero, and he starts to ask Mr. Feeney what a hero is all about. Mr. Feeney gives a great answer, and he says a hero is somebody who does the um, who understands that the right thing is not always the easiest thing to do. And he knew a guy who worked in a factory for 30 years at a job he hated, but he did it for his family, and that man was a hero. And Corey confronts Corey admits everything to Mr. Feeney right there. He just says, you know, I was the one that started the fire and Feeney knew all along. And Mr. Feeney just told me, he's like, I did not have enough facts to try to bring you down, which I just love about Feeney. Mm -hmm. That Feeney is so smart and so confident that he saw through the bullshit that Corey was given yet he still accepts them. And that right there is the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week where a hero is someone who does the right thing when the right thing isn't easy to do. And I would say Corey confessing to Mr. Feeney is a bigger thing to do than to go on TV and saying, yeah, I started the fire because I feel like Mr. Feeney and I'm glad that we got to see uh, Corey's interaction with Mr. Feeney confessing. Because I think that was such a deeper moment because he was so much like, listen, Mr. Feeney, I'm not a hero. I started the fire. I was, you know, just distraught. I'm confessing to you right now. And then Mr. Feeney goes like, yeah, I understand. But if you want to be heroic, you need to go on TV and tell everybody that you're a fraud. So then that's where um, Corey ends up confessing to his parents and then yeah when his parents come out yeah yeah and then Corey does the heroic thing which it would be easy for him to just bullshit you know a story off the top of his head um and then just say like yeah i saved the school aren't i a great guy but the heroic thing is to go i'm not so much a great guy i'm the one that started the fire and i think Corey doing that is a very heroic act Right. And, and Mr. Feeney lesson of the week. Yeah, and, and right before Corey goes inside to tell the truth to Connie, the, the newscaster, Feeney tells him, well done. Um, he knew the character of the young man he was dealing with. And then he tells Corey, I'll see you on Saturday uh, at school. Uh, we're going to have some painting to do. And I love that Corey took his punishment like a man, too. Yeah. Like Rather than going, oh, man, come on. He was just like, you're right. I will be there. In dirty clothes, ready to paint. And then the next scene, it ends pretty good here, to be honest with you. Uh, Janitor Bud comes in. He, he's taking away the red carpet. He's taking away the, the locker opener. He takes the locker opener away from the missus. Uh, <laughs> Corey's just happy to be back. Um, and one of the things Corey was talking about, how no one knew his name. Uh, they either knew him as Sean's friend, as Eric brother, or hey, kid, move. Uh, and then somebody yelled, hey, kid, move. Um, I believe it was Tommy. Um, yeah. Which is funny because two of the two out of three of those nicknames were my nicknames in school. I was Matt's <laughs> brother, Chris's friend, and then my all-time favorite nickname, 
faggot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had that nickname too. Oh, uh, what a coincidence. The person called me that. Uh, <laughs> then Dr. Sorrell comes by and Corey goes to hand him a doctor's note and he just doesn't take it and disrespects him. And that's how we end it. Yeah. Did you know? Uh, so I, I looked up some research about this episode and I found out that there was like a deleted alternate button to the episode. So uh, during the broadcast of the news where Corey is confessing, like they actually like kind of show the confessing and then they're kind of scrambling and then they cut to Rich Herrera, who's doing the weather. And then he just bombs right away and then they fire him. And do you know who they got to replace Rich Herrera to do the news? Fucking Donald Gibb. Yeah. <laughs> it's a job for Donald Gibb. <laughs> For a second, um, I thought you said it was going to be Leon. Like they found Leon. Um, <laughs> um, so the Disney Plus description of the week is, uh, is it's actually pretty good. It's Corey is mistakenly recognized for saving the school. And reading that one, I know right away it was the uh, the fire episode. So yeah, that was you finally did it, Disney. Way to go, Disney! You did it, and you did it too. You listened to another full episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. Thank you guys so much for listening one more time. As I said earlier, IMDb gave this 7.8 out of 10. Mark, I'm rounding this up to a nice 9. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9 as well. We hope that you guys are giving us 5 stars wherever you can rate us. I don't even know if you can rate us, but if you can, goddammit, give us 5 stars. We would greatly appreciate that. We would also appreciate any sort of following on social media, like following us on Instagram at MarkandDanMeetsWorld and liking us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Flash Mark and Dan Meets World. We'll see you next week with Season 3, Episode 6. This little piggy, one of the best episodes in the whole goddamn series. But for now, for Mark, I'm Dan. Have a good night. And do good. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan.